you have found baconsale.com. Hey! <laughs> dot com. Nice Podgoblin reference there. Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been reading up on the Podgoblin stuff and listening to their stuff, so I figured, why not a shout-out? You've been a big supporter of Podgoblin lately. I have been. Yeah, and for... Now that they're on iTunes, it's easy. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to the modern world, Podgoblin. Yes, for those of you that don't know, um, well, first of all, I'm Joel. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm Kent. And Jacob. Uh, Kent does uh, do another podcast on Podgoblin, which is a... About seven of them. Yeah, a network of podcasts. He's on Radio Ronin with uh, Jimmy Chunga and Just Jess. Mm-hmm. And, and Spinari. Uh, and Spinari. And Spinari. And it, it's entertaining. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that's all a right. little more colorful than the show, but yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> it, but there's a ton of great shows on the network. There is uh, Greg's Guide to New Music. Greg's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also Lee Wisps. Which I'm not even going to try to say what that means. Wasatch Ghost People. The Wasatch Ghost People. It's a supernatural show. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Pretty good stuff. It's a show based on the show Supernatural. Yes. And also a video game uh, Can podcast we do that called 8 Arcade. You want to do it? I want to do that show. I'm still, They'll invite us. I'm still not through no, the no, first no, no. season. No, 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 no. A show on Supernatural. Supernatural. Oh, oh, you mean like the Supernatural. <laughs> you just want to talk about Sam and Dean. Mostly I'm, Dean. I'm, I'm through the first season now, guys. Yeah? Yeah, now that October's coming up, I may be binging it. That next file's on heavy rotation. I really like season two, so I think yeah. you're going to take off now. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so thanks for listening to us. Um, if you get a chance and you haven't done so already, go to iTunes and give us a good review. Yeah. You know, like five or, stars. Or a review. It doesn't have to be a good review. Just... Yeah, give us, give us a review. Give us your honest opinion of how awesome we are. You know, you could even say, this show is really not my style, as long as you put five stars up, up at top. <laughs> what a waste of time. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> but I, I have to say, gentlemen, that uh, I've really appreciated the uh, the feedback we got about our bracket. It's been kind of awesome. Surprising, actually. Yeah, a lot of passionate feelings about it. Yeah. So thank you for yeah. everyone who's... And uh, We made a few mistakes along the way, but I think in the end it you came ma- out you right. You say mistakes, I say whenever Kent's team got chosen. <laughs> actually, <laughs> the Harry Potter stuff, people are still mad about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, I, I've I angered people with killing out doc- the doctor, too, in the first round. Yeah, so. you've got a, I think you got a threat. I did. I got on your desk. Yeah, yeah. And I, I posted it on, uh, on Twitter, which you can find us on Twitter, you can find us on Facebook. Um, Where can they find us? At uh, Twitter, at baconsale.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Facebook, it's just look up Bacon Sale. Yeah, it's we're I, there. I believe we're the only Bacon Sale on Facebook. <laughs> you mean that Warcraft player who's named Bacon Sale who comes <laughs> up in the Google search? That's not us. Uh, I didn't even see that when I did a Google search. Yeah. I don't know where you found that. It's me. You were I'm, digging. I'm really good. It was, it was yeah, me. Yeah, it's me. It was not. <laughs> I, knew I, know, it. I know it's me. <laughs> but today, today, what are we talking about, Jacob? I have no idea. This is up to you guys. <laughs> oh, you, what? No, we talked about this. You did so much prep on the last couple. You think you get a time off this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm pretty sure we planned for this. In fact, I think there oh. was more planning in this show than there has ever been before. Uh, By you. Not, oh, <laughs> hey, that's true. 25 minutes of planning is more than more by me than any other show. Yeah. But even you spent hours. I, I did. Well, I fell into the the black hole of Wikipedia and just kept yeah. researching and then linking to other stuff and then linking oh, to other stuff. and All right. Let's tell them what it is first. Well, okay. Well, we're talking today about musicians who deserve movies based on their lives. Yeah. Uh, some people call them biopics. Others call them biopics. <laughs> we, we don't we don't show preference you know, the here. The jury's out. I used to say biopic, um, but now I say biopic. Well, biopic makes sense because you're like a bio movie, but a biopic, I don't know. That that also, I don't know, that could work too. I don't know what the official uh, pronunciation is. There's probably not one. But uh, we're going to say either one and just deal with it. Yep. But we're going to talk about musicians 
who deserve a biopic. Yes. And so Joel and Kent both have come up with a few examples. Mm -hmm. And if I understand right, let me know if this has changed. But you've got Uh one really sincere one. They're all really sincere. Um, well, can, can, can I jump in real quick? Please do. I looked up the definition of biopic, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, biographical movie. So, right? That's pretty simple. Right. And then I looked up biopsy. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> biopsy? Some interesting pictures came up. Don't Google biopsy. It says a biopsy is a sample of tissue taken from the body in right. order to examine it more closely. Right. A doctor should recommend a biopsy when an initial test suggests an area of tissue in the body isn't normal. Doctors may call an area of abnormal tissue a lesion, a tumor, or a mass. Why are you reading? You have reached <laughs> medicalsale.com. That's from WebMD. Thank you, WebMD. Oh no, just from reading WebMD, I have cancer. Oh. Uh, but you know, there's been ones that there's been ones that have happened before. Uh, Walk the Line was about Johnny Cash. Ray was about Ray Charles. Yeah. Um, Eight Mile was a thinly veiled Eminem yeah. biography. Uh, straight out of Compton is NWA. Yeah. And there are some great ones, but mostly they just kind of disappear. Yeah. Like there was a Jimi Hendrix one last year that starred Andre 3000 mm-hmm. from Outcast. It went nowhere. No. Well, and that's the thing. I can't think of a really, really good biopic. Walk the Line, I think, is pretty great. Well, and I should clarify, a really, really good biopic for a musician. I didn't like Walk the Line. I, I will admit it made me like really? Johnny Cash's music more, but overall I was kind of like, this guy's kind of a jerk. Well, I, that was the yeah, point. So show the, the ugly point. side. Yep. And yeah. kind of show but, how but, great June but is. But a jerk, he, he, there was no character development. He was a jerk at the end. He was a jerk at the beginning. He's a jerk at the end. There was and, character development. Oh, no. Did you miss? You missed it entirely. No, I, I, maybe I'm thinking of the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> yeah, maybe you watched Walk Hard. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> but no, I, I really it didn't it didn't do anything for me. So okay, I love it. I, I think it's great. Kent and I both came up with three biopic pitches that we're going to be giving to you, Jacob. All right, I want to hear these pitches, and, and then you get to let us know if you're going to green light them or not. And okay, and uh, I'll listener. be the producer. And, this. It, this show and is going to play a little bit like the Star Wars show, where a little bit, yeah, it, without the crawl. Yes, there's but no crawl, there's no real music. We're still going to give the summary of the movie that you typically find on the back of the DVD cover or on IMDb. Yeah. Well, and then we the can user go... user-written IMDb synopsis. Exactly. <laughs> and then we can go a little bit further with the plot and spoilers and all yeah, that. we can have a discussion about it and things like that. Um, and Grant, we, we are going to embellish. Sorry, Joel, I keep interrupting. Oh, no, it's fine. I was just going to say that you and I have no knowledge of each other's picks, and Jacob doesn't know what we picked either. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, I want to say this up front, that I did say, shouldn't we at least say who we're going to do so we don't have any crossover? And Kent's like, nah, there, there won't be any crossover. Which is a problem now, because I know last night I was I was looking up David Bowie. Right. Because I was going to use David Bowie. Right. Apparently you did the same thing. I did. I did the same thing. And it was just interesting to learn so much about him, even though I didn't end up going with his with him as a movie. Because I think he deserves a movie. He does. He's very interesting. But we didn't actually probably yeah. go that deep. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's get started. Let's get started. Is, his name isn't even David Kent, Bowie. Let's, uh, let's hear from you first. I want to hear this one. All right. I'm going to start this off on David the wrong. David Robert Jones. David Robert Jones. That's David Bowie. I'm going to start this off on the wrong foot. All right. <laughs> Are I'm you ready? ready? I'm Thank ready you. for the wrong foot. Uh, my third pitch. Ooh, play for, along too, audience, uh, listener. <laughs> and, you know, that's the thing. I, I did ask for a little bit of help, like, from my buddy Clayton. Mm-hmm. I, you know, he and I are both, like, 90s music nuts, mm-hmm. but we went a little bit different on this one. Yeah. Mark, who's helped us on the show quite a bit. Dan? Uh, yeah. Dan, uh, and feedback. I may bring up a few of their honorable mentions because they're, they're honorable mentions. I don't want to go into a big pitch for yeah. them. I did ask my, my brother Mike. Uh, what he thought, and mm-hmm. he gave me some, suggest- some suggestions that I quickly dismissed. So, <laughs> didn't he say Blink One Eighty Two? He Blink. He said Blink One Eighty Two and Weezer, and so I okay. Was, but I was like, I had other ideas. And you yeah, no way on the Blink One Eighty Two. So, yeah, what? What? 
It's because he likes me more now. Anyway. Basically, with Bacon Cell, I'm trying to win the affection of Joel's brothers. <laughs> I'm a, like they they hate me for a little bit, and then I'm like, you well, know, you, you I feel they offended gr- them, and now you're trying to make up for it. Yeah, and I'm trying to get them on my side with Marvel and everything. All right, let's hear the pitch. Kent. Okay, right, Kent's first pitch. <clears throat> Little. St- Oh, I feel like I can't even say his name because I feel like this is going to be blasphemous. Wait, so but I'm going to do are it. Are you going to start out with the name of the person you're doing and then build from there? Or? Oh, you'll see. Okay. Little Stevie was considered a prodigy from a very early age. His love of music transcended four senses. It's four senses because Stevie did not have one of the most basic of human abilities. Touch. The gift of sight. Now it's time to see the story of the man who didn't need vision to have one. Once he donned the dark shades, he made beautiful soul music that entered the heart of the world, signed, sealed, delivered. However, once you drop superstition and look deeper into the actions of Mr. Wonder, you have to ask the question, what if he actually isn't blind? What? (laughs) The answer may shock you. (laughs) Anthony Mackie stars as Stevie Wonder in... Anthony Mackie? Falcon? Yeah, Falcon stars as Stevie Wonder in Blind Ambition. Wait. <laughs> Joel Siegel says, I just called to say I love this movie. Oh, God. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. So many puns. My I, I didn't come prepared with puns. <laughs> and honestly, I thought you were pitching Ray for a while there. And I was well, like, you know, it's ah. a, it's a little Stevie. It's the blind musical he, genre. He little, well, he could change his name. I mean, David Bowie did. So can I tell you about this thriller? Yes. So, wait, it's <laughs> a thriller? thriller? It's a thriller? Okay. okay so Get Anthony ready. Mackie, Falcon, is playing Stevie Wonder. So Stevie Wonder... Does he, he have his wings? <laughs> Stevie Wonder is a young boy, and he's, he's playing music. He's really good at piano, but nobody notices. You know, and he's just like, guys, I'm playing great stuff here. No one cares. And then, you know, and there's a crowd. They don't really care. He puts on some sunglasses. It's really bright, and he just he's kind of bobbing his head. You know, to the music, because he's getting really into it. And then someone in the crowd goes, hey, I think that kid's blind. <laughs> that, blind <laughs> that blind kid's playing piano really well. And everyone's like, oh, sure, 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 sure. That blind kid's awesome. That blind kid's awesome. All of a sudden, he takes off. Like, everyone's like, this blind kid with the tongue talent, he is the new Beethoven. Who came first, Ray Charles or Stevie Wonder? Ray Charles. Okay, so Stevie Wonder may have kind of picked up on that yeah. then. And so, I feel like we're crossing a line here. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are, and I'm so sorry. We? What's this like, we stuff? Like, I think Joel's supporting Kent in this. So. Yeah, I feel like you're, I have your support here. Well, I, I like a plot twist. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, so, okay, so everyone thinks that Stevie Wonder is blind, and he's like, no, I've got to tell the truth. Like, this isn't true. And his manager's like, hey, kid, you go with it. Like, this is your thing. This is your gimmick. And if you tell the world... They'll think you're a big liar. So he has to live his whole life saying that he's blind. And then, like, he has to lie to his family. And he has to kill his family? No, he oh. just has to lie to his family. <laughs> but his girlfriend finds out, right? Oh, no. Dun, dun. Oh, no. And she's like, honey, you have to go to the press. You're... And he's like, no, I'm not going to. Either you tell the press or I'm going to. One day she disappears. And the cops are like, you know, hey, Mr. Wonder, uh, when's the last time you saw your girlfriend? He's like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see anything. Come on. <laughs> and the cops, up Stevie Wonder they, jokes. <laughs> the cops. Now they, we cross the line. The cops just kind of laugh. By the way, Only online, now, there's a truther movement to that Stevie Wonder is actually not blind. Really? Yes. Oh, I looked up this whole conspiracy while I watched about four YouTube videos of him grabbing things that clearly a blind man could not grab. Maybe he's got daredevil-like senses. He might. But in this movie, he's not blind. So. Okay. 
By the way, interesting. Uh, old uh, Stevie Wonder is played by Forrest Whitaker, who dons his costume from Battlefield Earth. Oh, come on. <laughs> this has gotten weird. Okay. And I do have an honorable mention that's with Stevie Wonder. Do you want me to wait on this one? Wait, it's associated with Stevie Wonder? Yeah, this is the TV show about Stevie Wonder. Okay. All right, I'm just going to say real quick. Is mm-hmm. it the Wonder Years? No, it's not the Wonder Years. Okay. Yeah, get it out now. Let's hear it. <laughs> get it out now. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> That way they can skip over this one chunk. <laughs> this one is not as mean. This one's not as blasphemous right. against Stevie Wonder. All right. Stevie Wonder has been cursed with blindness from birth, yet his blindness is also a gift. As his musical talents improve, so does his uh, inner sight. At the peak of his career, he realizes he has a second sight, one where the spirits of those who have passed on wander <laughs> until their mission on Earth is complete. Oh, come on. Soon he is joined by the ghost of Frank Sinatra as they work together to vanquish evil spirits, what? all while saving the souls of the deceased. Wow. You can catch this new fall, new show this fall on CBS, Ebony and Ivory. No! <laughs> Think about it. Uh, I, th- I thought about it. All right. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. Um, How's the show going so far? Yeah. <laughs> Jacob, green light or no, or put it back in pre-produ- uh, pre-production. Rewrite. Blind ambition. Green light. Blind ambition is my real idea. <laughs> All right. <laughs> green light or rewrite. I'm saying rewrite on blind ambition, but green light on, on ebony and ivory. On <laughs> ebony and ivory. <laughs> it's a CBS show. It will succeed. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. Well, I'm not going to have an air of mystery uh, t- as much to my pitch. Uh, I'm just going to say that my first pitch is about Garth Brooks, okay. the 90s country star, the legend. Yeah. Is he a legend? He he will be after this <laughs> because uh, uh, lead actor. I'm going to go with Christian Bale. Wow, he needs to be a little chubby though. Okay, Carl and like the that. title is Gains in Low Places. Okay, so explain the reference for for, for well, I'll, I'll just read the plot. Okay, here. okay. <clears throat> Garth Brooks is a popular country music singer at the peak of his career when he decides that he's pigeonholed into a certain genre. Destined to break free of his country chains, he reintroduces himself as Chris Gaines, a stringy-haired, goateed Australian emo rock star. <laughs> the public immediately suspects Brooks is behind the Gaines experiment, and they reject him and turn their backs on the star that Garth Brooks once was, sending him into a spiral of depression. Trisha Yearwood attempts to comfort Brooks, only to discover his dark secret. What? She discovers that Gaines was actually Brooks' identical twin <laughs> who wanted to share in his brother's fame only to destroy both of their careers. <laughs> so Christian Bell stars in another prestige. Boom! Exactly. Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's, I, I, I was like, who could I put in there? I'm like, oh, well, I got to put Wait, this Wait, so he, Garth Brooks is not crazy. It no. is literally his twin brother. It's, it's not him brother. acting like his twin it's brother. It's like this reject twin brother. But I'll tell you what. Researching the Chris Gaines thing was fascinating. Oh, t- tell me more about it because I don't know so, much. So, 1999, he comes out with this album. Well, Chris Gaines comes out with this album, and they market it as the greatest hits of Chris Gaines, and they market it up as like this uh, Australian pop star. They even made a fake VH1 behind the music. What? Oh, yeah. And it has like, it has his history, and apparently he got in a car accident and had completely reconstructive surgery on his face. That's what they say. And Wait, well, he, was he a. Like a chubby Australian guy? Is that what they were trying to pull off? Uh, well, he was a kid, and then he got his his friend got killed in a plane crash, and then he became a depressed. He was depressed, and then he got in a car accident and had to reconstruct his face. And if you watch the video, it's like Garth Brooks with a long black stringy wig and a goatee, a black goatee. But does it look like Garth Brooks? It looks totally like Garth. Yeah. Brooks. Then why would he even try to fake that? I don't know. Well, that, that's just it. Is like he actually went on SNL 
and hosted as Garth Brooks and performed as Chris Gaines and didn't didn't like make any reference to they were the same person. What? I'm this is so weird and so, watching this. Is this like when Bono kind of becomes the fly? You know, he's like alter ego. <laughs> kind of. Well, it's, Except I, for people, people buy it with Bono because he's a rock star. This is Garth Brooks. Right. And I don't know why he felt like he needed to do this. Well, actually, the official statement is that they were going to make a movie called The Lamb, which was L-A-B-M, which was about a rock singer who was not, you know, not like the rock scene and all that. Yeah, L-A-M-B. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, they said that this was going to be – this is a publicity stunt to kind of promote the movie. And the VH1 thing was – and it's weird because, like, Billy Joel is in the movie. Like, yeah, you know, Chris, he did this and this and this. And his bandmates are saying, yeah, he was all about the women and the drugs. And it was so bizarre to watch these things Wait, online. was it a Joaquin Phoenix sort of thing where it was like, let's do an experiment? Or was kind he like, of? I want to change my style? Well, I, I, I wonder it, if it's both. Is the, So this movie is going into <laughs> – that everyone thinks he's trying to change his style, yeah. that he's kind of a hack, but it's really his twin brother. Well, and even the, like the reinvention, it sounds so much like country that it could have been his album. There's no problem with that. I mean, Taylor Swift didn't need an alter ego to completely change her genre. She just gradually did it. Like she a needed a lot of ex-boyfriends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. all she needs for anything, really. <laughs> but I, I actually just want the movie to be made because I want to know. And then after, shortly after the Chris Gaines thing, the people really did get mad at him, and he ended up retiring for a few years. Yeah, and I mean, he only just barely came back, right? Yeah, and then he, you know, he went off into his family thing. But really, With a the sucky album. The Chris Gaines thing is so is bizarre. It? it is. I just want to know more about it. But truth be told, he did get a top ten hit with one of his songs. Uh, I don't remember the name. of was it. Was it good or was it just the hype of all this background with I, VH1 special and all that? It sounds like a generic, generic '90s love song, and it really like listening to it. It it struck me as one of those, yeah, one of those boy band ones you forget about. But it got it was his highest pop hit. He didn't, you know, his only hit on the on the pop charts. He hit was, country. Charts was he the lead singer of Savage Savage Garden? He was because they were Australian. <laughs> he was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why they made him Australian too because he had no accent, <laughs> none. His his mother did. His fake mother on the VH1 documentary. She okay. had an accent. I She's think. an actress, clearly. Yeah. yeah. And then they had his girlfriend and all this. So stuff. you really couldn't bizarre. find an explanation for why this happened. No, they said it was because of the lamp. Like they were doing this 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 CD ahead of time as a promotion, and then the movie never got made. Wait, wait. So, in this actual movie that you're pitching, is it a thriller? And what happens with the twin yeah. brothers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. It's a thriller where you kind of find out this dark secret, and then it's this sibling rivalry thing because the brother wants the spotlight. Garth Brooks gives it to him, and then both of their careers are ruined because of it. Hmm, it's a caution. It's a cautionary tale all right. to always keep your identical twins locked up. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them. At least one of them. Feed them fish heads. All right. In, in yes. the, all right. Well, that, that's I good. think Amy um, Adams should play uh, Trisha Yearwood. Okay. Yeah. I'd, I'd little, buy that. All right. Yeah. All right. American Hustle Reunion. Are you going to greenlight that? Wait. Who, who's playing Garth? Uh, Christian Bale. Oh, Christian chubby, Bale. Cu- Christian, Christian, Christian Bale, Bale. Amy Adams. And it'll be directed by, what's his name? Uh, David O. Russell? Yeah, David Russell. Sure. So, yeah. I'm okay with that. All right. All right. Then, it sounds then like you're lighted. really helping him. I mean, it sounds like a pretty <laughs> He's mediocre it. movie. He wants to know more about Chris Gaines. I can see it in his eyes. I do. I do. I want to know if it's if it's directed it, by... Seriously, just go Google uh, Chris Gaines and you'll see his music video. I wish you could remember the name of it. It's like Loving You or Lost in You or Lost in Love or something like that. Yeah, that's all Very the same. generic. All right. Let's... let's uh, yeah. You get, a, you get a green light. Yeah. Uh, Blind Ambition didn't get a green light? No. Oh, come on. <laughs> it would shock the world. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. All right, you ready for my second pitch? Let's hear it. Okay. Joel, you ready? Lost in love. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Pretty vanilla. 
There are times in life when the man treats you poorly and you just want to run away. Fortunately for the world, young John Francis Bongiovi Jr. wouldn't listen. Even when life wasn't going well, he was always living on a prayer. I, uh, I sense there's a lot of puns. There coming. are. Why did I do more puns? John always wanted one. John always wanted to live forever. While <laughs> while one. while on a mysterious island during a band hiatus, what he oh. discovered the fountain of youth. Oh no! He could finally fulfill his dream of making cougars happy for the rest of time. <laughs> BYU. John Bon Jovi will never say goodbye. Johnny Resnick stars on jo- as John Bon Jovi in. It's my life. Johnny Resnick. Tagline, it's now or never. <laughs> Wait, Johnny Resnick, Resnick is the lead singer of Goo Goo Dolls. Wait, he's an actor, though? <laughs> In this movie? He has a dimple chin. <laughs> he can play John Bon Jovi. No. Yeah. Actually, John Bon Jovi could play John Bon Jovi. John bon jo- he, he, could. Could. he could. He really could. I actually looked at pictures of him last night, and Johnny Resnick is clearly younger, but John Bon, bon Jovi looks far better. Well, and, and Bon Jovi is an actor. He's been in Young Guns, too. Yeah. As one of the prisoners in, yeah. in the scene. It also, Harry Connick Jr. could play uh, Bon Jovi as well. I think he, he could pull it off. Yeah, as long as he has that creepy fake teeth he had in Copycat, I think I'll be fine. Yeah, Copycat reference. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> well, You've seen not, that movie. He's not in that many movies. It's basically Memphis Bell and Copycat. Independence Day. Oh, that's right. He is yeah. Independence Day, the most American movie of all time. Yeah, right. Um, so, in this movie, in yeah, this, what, this is how it plays the out. Picture? So, the movie begins in a karaoke bar, right? And the, he's trying to sing, and the owner's like, get out of here. You're the worst. You're never coming into karaoke, karaoke bar ever again. And John's like, one day, people will be singing my songs in karaoke bars around the world. Wait. <laughs> did people get kicked out of karaoke bars he for did. bad singing? Yeah, he did. That's, like, karaoke is actually Japanese so, for bad singing. It was, really? No. It was, <laughs> it was his dream that one day people would sing his songs in karaoke bars, and his dream has come true. I'll tell you what, every time Living on a Prayer comes on, I'm singing it. Yeah. It's in the car, in the office, anywhere. It comes on, I'm going to sing it. So I did some research about, like, the whoa, 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 the history. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that weird whoa, mouth whoa. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I did some research on Bon Jovi. And the band has actually had a few hiatus hiatus I, the plural of hiatus. <laughs> Hiatuses. Yeah, hiatuses. And uh, there was one where literally the band went to, like, St. Thomas. And they, they got a little private island and everything, and they, like, did this whole Lord of the Flies thing where they basically had a conch shell. I mean, they didn't have a conch shell, but they're like, let's all talk to each other. We're going to sit in a circle, and you are going to listen to what I have to say, and you will not interrupt me, and I'm going to tell you about the problems with the band, and then you can talk. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that's, that's kind of how they got, they got back together. <laughs> you can tell how they, funny it was by how Jacob just said that. Yeah. That's funny. That's, uh, funny. that's hilarious. Mm. So basically, no, that's, that's that's weird. Like I ever thought, I never thought of them on a, as on a hiatus. Like they've yeah. been going strong. I thought since no, the eighties. I mean, in the early nineties, they had about five years of not releasing anything, hmm. and then in the, they released something. I think it was like Crush or something like that. And then in the later nineties, another five years until uh, It's My Life. Yeah, and that was Crush. Uh, that came out. Well, I. I guess I just I, I I'm confused as to what's considered hiatus because I always thought you know you make a you make an album then you take a break for a couple of years and do tours and stuff like that. Uh, and then, typically, like bands now, it's like you make an album, you go on tour. You right. make an album, you go on tour. But how often? I mean, it, nonstop. I mean, because you got to be relevant. You got to take that 15 minutes of fame and just run with it. It's true, but then you get bands like U2 or or Bon Jovi or Rolling Stones where it's like they never have to tour again. 
Cause no, but they always got, tour. Because people, well, yeah, people always know them and love them. You know, them, yeah, and, them and Smash Mouth. In Bon Jovi, <laughs> Smash Mouth, <laughs> they have to tour to make money because they're not really. Might as well be walking on the sun. Oh, he's just gone downhill. Yeah. Um, but while they're on this island, you know, doing this like therapy session, Richie Sambora. This is real. This isn't your pitch right now. Well, this is part pitch part <laughs> so there he and richie sambora have had a lot of problems in fact richie sambora is no longer part of the band well it's because he broke up with heather locklear that was yeah problem. it was in 2013 he left the band but they've been having a lot of like creative issues and richie sambora shot <laughs> he shot john bon jovi with an arrow he shot him through the heart and, and he's uh, to blame. He's to blame because he gave love. And now it's too late. So while they're on this island, <laughs> that was they, they find they find the Lazarus Pit, oh. and they make sure that Bon Jovi can live forever and the tour Lazarus forever. Pit is in St. Thomas, yeah, yeah, pretty nice, nice destination. Apparently, all right. So that that's it. You know, it's funny he the John Bon Jovi story. It's funny. He it's my life. The uh, <laughs> it's funny he mentions the Fountain of Youth because I actually had that one of my honorable mentions. Hmm. It was going to be Keith Richards. Oh, no, he looks terrible, no, though. No, 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 no. Way more, though. Okay. Because here's the thing. is My pitch was that Keith Richards actually found the Fountain of Youth, but then he mixed some cocaine in it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it made him into this kind of cr- eternal creature. But I had nothing more to go on that, so I couldn't, I couldn't flesh it so out. So he's kind of like a golem. He's, like, cursed kind to of. walk the earth. Yeah, he's cursed to walk the earth. As a shriveled old thing. to age. You know, I just, I thought, but it's just funny you brought Fountain of Youth because I'm like, I totally did that. Yeah. Who, who's Keith Richards? Remind me. Rolling Stones. Oh, that's the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in Which, Pirates of the Caribbean. He was, uh, uh, yeah, Captain Jack's Jack, dad. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's kind of the joke. He was based. That's yeah, what he was based. Johnny Depp based. Captain yeah. Jack based him kind of on Keith Richards. And so then okay, Keith okay. Richards came in and it was kind of, oh, that's funny. So, Jake, uh, it's my life. Rewrite. It's now. Oh, come on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Seriously? I don't know. The puns ain't doing you any good done. <laughs> <laughs> puns ain't good for done. There's a lot of puns. All right, it, Garth Brooks movie. It's all, it's all puns. He wants to know more about Chris Gaines. Yeah, there's a mystery. It's Jake is from Missouri. Chris Gaines. He, well, Garth is from uh, Oklahoma, so uh, we are like neighbors like that. Yeah, right? bias, bias, biopic, <laughs> bias, biopsy. Uh, okay, my turn for my next pitch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although, Ken, I would take Blind Ambition over Bon Jovi. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> Uh, my next one is actually going to be a, a biopic about Prince. Hmm. And who? Prince. They, they already had Purple Rain, which was kind of this weird, trippy... <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's not how his life is. <laughs> it probably is. It's purple Prince. Purple Rain, Purple Rain. But I want more uh, I want more biopic type. Okay. And who better to play Prince than renowned actor Jaden Smith? No. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> that was a reference to the Star Wars show. Oh, I was going to be so mad. Yeah. No, it's actually John Boyega. I, I went and was looking, and Prince is only five foot two. Wow. He's a small little guy. John Boyega is five foot seven, so there's going to have to be some creative, you know, uh, camera work there. But the title of the film is called Let's Go Crazy. Here we go. Born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, near the shores of Lake Minnetonka, Prince Roger Nelson was destined for greatness but fame and fortune turned to greed and fear of new technology. After fighting to remove every song, every image, and every mention of him on the Internet, Prince manages to erase himself from existence. He soon becomes a crazy hermit, living off the grid and spending his days crocheting crocheting raspberry-colored berets. There's my reference there, Kent. Yeah. So there you go. It's the story of a man who had fame and ends up throwing it all away because he, quote, believes the Internet is what did he say i have it right here 
it's outdated. That the internet is over. That's what he said. In 2010, Prince said, the internet is over. It's a fad. It's going away. And just as backstory on this, Prince is notorious for being litigious about everything online about him. He is almost non-existent on YouTube because the, the rumor is that he personally will go out and search for things and then sue for copyright. Because he doesn't want any of his music online because he thinks it's ridiculous. Which is interesting because his fan base loves him so... So, yeah. The fan, no, the fan base is rabid. But I, yeah. I think there's only one thing we can do here, which is find some Prince content, post it online, and wait. Well, I'm worried you even <laughs> mentioned Prince on this podcast yeah, now. It's gonna, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> but let me give you some background here because there's a, a case, uh, Lens versus Universal Music Corps. There, there was a, a YouTube video, like 30 seconds, I watched it, of a baby kind of running around this island in the kitchen. And Let's Go Crazy is playing faintly on in the background. Like, you can kind of hear it. Hmm. YouTube pulled it down because it got a copyright claim by the Universal Music Corporation. And the mom was, you know, shaken up that she was getting, you know, kind of her video taken down and stuff like that. And they threatened to shut down her account, which I've actually gotten. I have my YouTube channel and I've gotten those notifications too. We're like, we're going to take down your video. For dirty content. Unless, well, <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. copyrighted stuff. Yeah. But, the, but there's uh-huh. also this, you know, fair use that I went. I've studied fair use a lot. I went back and retorted and I got it put back up and everything. But it happens occasionally to the same stupid video over and over again. But this mom countersued because she says that Universal Corporation is overstepping their bounds, actually, and doing more harm than good in this. Like, they're being, being a little too overzealous about how they monitor their work. And now it's, it's still going on to this day. There's still there's a countersuit going back and forth. Her video's back up. I actually saw it online. Yeah. But the fact that that's only one case. There's actually a bunch of Prince websites uh, Prince fan sites that have banded together. Uh, I think it's called Fans for Prince or something like that, because they are being their their images and stuff like that are being taken down because Prince wants them down. Mm-hmm. And but they're still fans, and so they want to be fans. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, that is weird. And then in 2008 at Coachella, Prince performed a cover of Radiohead's "Creep," which people then posted online. Right. Radiohead wanted to see it. But it was taken down off every time they looked at it on YouTube, and they're like, that's our song. Put it back up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they, I couldn't find it. I had to find it on some weird Japanese uh, site before I could see it. But it's just kind of ridiculous that he's trying so hard to get off of the Internet. He says, quote, all these computers and digital gad- gadgets are no good. They just fill your head with numbers, that can't, that, and that can't be good for you. <laughs> That's a direct this quote. This is a direct quote from Prince. <laughs> and so I just think this guy, he's going to write himself out of existence because he's trying so hard to not be noticed on, by the internet that it's he's going to be forgotten. Is this going to be on the History Channel or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> Sounds real exciting, he's gonna, Joel. He's going to be a Howard Hughes hermit with like long fingernails in the corner, like in this germ-free room. I All think right. you missed the casting. Uh, I think John Boyega is a, actually a bad choice because he has a very definitive look. I think... The real person who should play Prince is Prince Michael Jackson II, <laughs> otherwise known as Blanket. Oh. Because, well, he could play Prince. He I mean, could come play on. Prince. No, yes. I could see that. No, I was trying to look for a look, too. Like, I thought, I actually thought uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor was what? a good choice. No. He, no, no. He, looking, Prince I, is so lean. But that's the problem. Is he, he had the face, but then the body did not match and he was too tall. I also looked at Anthony Mackie, too, but it just didn't work out. So yeah. It was hard to cast Prince. They may have to get an unknown because he has such a distinctive look. Yeah. It, also, I want a very long segment, a musical montage of him creating the Batman soundtrack. 
All but right. It's called Let's Go Crazy, and it's a story about a man. Honestly, who, who a, a Mexican grid. girl with a mustache could play Prince. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it, he's not the most masculine, masculine uh, looking guy out there. Kent is determined to offend everyone today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Green light or rewrite? Rewrite. Oh, yeah, that's deserved. Right. Come on. I do think Prince should get his own movie, but maybe, I mean, he's already like in his 50s, but maybe a little bit later down the road. Honestly, it probably should be made just as long as it's by someone else. Mm. I just, I don't want to think about Prince that much. <laughs> yeah. All right, Kent, let's go to your third. Well, uh, these will be our final pitches. I would like to hear if you have one, Jake. I actually, I'm going to wait until you're done and I, there's going to be a little plot twist. So, so you're going to be the grand finale? Better, I'm going to be the grand finale. Better be good. Save yourself for last. Better be um, good. I think we should go over some honorable mentions then. Okay. Because I think we just have some jokes that we think are funny to ourselves. Well, yes. shouldn't you wait for honorable mentions until you've done your third? No, I mean, they're not, they're not a strong. We want to end on a strong one. And yeah. so I, I have a couple dumb ones, like one-liners that I've Okay, with. for example, Joel? For example, uh, I think a biopic about Bjork would be good. I agree. And it would be called Bjork's Biopic. And drugs would or not be biarpic, maybe. <laughs> but B-R-pic. drugs would be required to watch this film. That's essentially all it would be. Is like it's a series of uh, flashes of color and random sounds. Nice. And then everyone swimming. Get, everyone gets a swan at the end. Yo, you get a swan in the audience. You get a swan. Everyone gets. A or do swan you put a swan end. around your neck and it's part of your 3D glasses? Ooh, that'd be cool too. Because you need 3D glasses. You do. And you have to go see this movie at a planetarium. <laughs> it's, it's like part it's like laser like light show. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah drugs Bjork. would be necessary. Bjork would be another one. I um, you know, there was a movie that came out last year or two years ago with Vince Vaughn called Delivery Man. I would like to do a riff on that where it's about Lou Bega. What? <laughs> and the Mambo because, number five guy? <laughs> and remember, Mambo number five. It's all about about the women, right? A little bit of Jacob at the end of this podcast. It better be good. (laughs) So Mambo number 500, it would have Bruno Mars starring as Lou Bega. And it would basically be a... Bruno Mars could be Prince. Yeah, he could be Prince as well. Uh, Basically, 20 years after he's famous for his one song, he gets a call from 500 mothers saying... Hey, look, you know how you sang that song about me and everyone else. We all have kids now, uh, and we need you to raise them. So it's Mambo have, number 500. Didn't he have one other hit? <laughs> Wasn't it Mambo title. number five and one other one that sounded just like Mambo number five? He didn't sing Macarena, Joel. He didn't, he didn't sing that one. Not Macarena. <laughs> or Live in La Vida Loca. That wasn't him. <laughs> <laughs> but he did He did live La Vida Loca. Lou Bega. Yeah. Wow. So this is your honorable mention, right? Yeah, it's yeah. an honorable mention. Yeah. That's not my final no, one. We're not, we're not pitching any of these right now. Okay. Do you have more honorable mentions before I we get do. to the final pitch? Uh, yeah, I do as well. Let me pull up another one here. Uh, Mark did want us to mention that Kenny G should have his own biopic. Yeah. Which he ba- it's kind of like the jerk where he gets adopted into this black family, <laughs> and he has to I grow his hair long. Poor black child. Exactly, and it's actually the G fam- family. His brother's name is Warren. <laughs> <laughs> it's Warren G and Kenny. And he G. stops getting bullied because he's such a great flutist. But he doesn't play the flute. He plays clarinet. the sax. Does he play? Uh, isn't, he, isn't he the saxophone? No, I think it's uh, clarinet. clarinet. It might be clarinet. Yeah, the clarinet. The clarinet. Is it clarinet? Saxophone. So, soprano saxophone. No. Boom. Weak. Soprano. Boom, boom. All right. Let, let's hear another honorable mention. <laughs> Kent, let's, what, what's your other one? I actually would like to see a movie about George Harrison and Eric Clapton. Because I don't know if you knew their, their history together. For those of you who can't hear, I'm just putting the sultry sounds of the soprano saxophone on the mic. 
I'm just bobbing yeah. my head right yeah, here. Yeah, we're all head bobbing. Man. <laughs> I, uh, wait, right. I just I, fell asleep. I, I, I don't know if it was to your Prince pitch Whoa. Wake or up to and Kenny drive. G. <laughs> I, I would love to hear the soprano saxophone version of uh, Regulators. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the lyrics? Uh, I, I only know the Young Guns quotes. Regulators, man up. <laughs> um, okay, so Eric Clapton and George Harrison, they've, they've been friends. You know, they're mu- really popular mu- musicians, you know, from the 60s throughout. Well, George Harrison meets this woman named, uh, man, what's her name? Patty. And she is she's in uh, A Hard Day's Night. Mm-hmm. She's a schoolgirl. They get together. They get married. And she kind of becomes this muse for him. Like he wrote, well, she says he wrote something about her. No, 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 hold on. Something and while my guitar gently weeps. Or about Patty. Or about or Patty. Written with Patty. Yeah, written about Patty. Okay. But, you know, their marriage is really bad. Drugs were involved. She eventually left him. There were affairs and everything. She hooks up with Eric Clapton, oh. who, while she was married to George Harrison, had been trying to swoon her. Mm. And that's why when he wrote this song, Layla, it is about her. No. Yes. Patty's, yeah, no. Patty's name was Layla. Well, he he wrote Layla because it was about another man's wife. He couldn't say to say Patty. <laughs> so this is, this is all true. Knees, you're saying. Yeah, no, this is absolutely true. Huh? And I love that she was kind of this muse. She actually married Clapton after George Patty, Harrison. Patty Boy. And they, there was this. Yeah, Patty Boy. That's her name. They created this rift between them that they didn't really get over for about. 15, 20 years. Jeez. And it was after George Harrison's death that Clapton just kind of came out and said, yeah, we were he fine. Came out? <laughs> he came out as his friend and, yeah, just kind of dedicated a whole bunch of work to him because, you know, there was that rift. But, that, you know, that's it's, it's a bit strange. It's kind of huh. like this muse was involved and kind of broke up this friendship. I would like to so see he, that movie. So this is a legit Yoko one. Ono'd, yeah, this is legit. He Yoko owned before Yoko Ono. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. And she's still alive. She's the original, uh, the only original wife of the Beatles, you know, the first wife that's still living. Hmm. You know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, my other honorable mention, uh, we, we talked about David Bowie already. I just thought it was interesting. He got it's punched Bowie, in the eye Bowie. because it became permanently dilated. What? Yeah. That's, really? Yeah. That's partly. That's Who punched him? His buddy. They, oh, were, that's they nice. remained friends after that, too. Hmm. And then he named himself actually after Jim Bowie because uh, he didn't want to be called Davey because he was getting confused with Davy Jones. Anyway, but that's David Bowie. We already talked about him, but I actually think that uh, yeah, David Bowie's story would play a lot, of, play, play out a lot like Superman, where his parents from no, another planet sent him to Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's, from, that's what I imagine. No, from, yeah, from he, Brixton. <laughs> yeah, from the planet Brixton, <laughs> sent him to Earth, and he became this rock star. I mean, that in we could just call it Starman. I Ziggy Starman. Yeah, Ziggy, well, Ziggy Stardust would be his name in the movie because he already wrote that thematic album that I, was based on that. I wouldn't watch it, though, unless it had a heavy, uh, a large chunk dedicated to Labyrinth. When you, when you said large dance, chunk, magic, I was thinking dance, about his leotard that he dance. was wearing, and I got a little worried <laughs> <Family friendly. laughs> about where you were going. Dance, magic, <laughs> dance, magic, dance. Um, All right, Joel. My, little, you do. my final I to mention was Willie Nelson. I think the, you know, the red-headed stranger, as they called him, was uh, an interesting character, and I think especially since he's probably an operative for the CIA. Whoa. I suspect so. Those long braids, they hold contraband. <laughs> and secret messages in <laughs> scrolls. That he Whoa, gives that's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> he's kept that guitar. I can't remember the, his guitar's name off the top of my head right now. Ugh. But he has his guitar that he's had for the long, long time, and it's because it contains all government secrets inside that little hole that he's worn out on it. 
Wow. So the was he the second shooter in the JFK? <laughs> he may have. It was been. actually his guitar. That, oh, what? Yeah. yeah. He whipped his braids back and forth. Oh no, no! <laughs> you just ruined Willie Nelson. Uh, but no, my brother loves Willie Nelson, and I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good way to go. But then in the end, I was like, I can't have two country music singer pitches because hmm. Kent would mock me. All right, so are you ready for my final pitch? I want to hear a final pitch. <clears throat> Trigger is the name of his guitar. This movie is called... Coincidence? Blink. And uh, it starts <laughs> the story of, uh, of Mark, Tom, and, and Travis, the original <laughs> drummer of Blink-182. And now they didn't actually have any talent. He's sucking up to you, Mikey. But when a, when a pro- didn't he say gross about this? When the producer put all their, ta- their talents together, they actually made a CD... But whenever they played live, they actually didn't know how to actually play with each other because they were that bad. That's actually not my final pitch. I just want to throw a little Blink reference out there. Uh, when when I mentioned that my little brother had mentioned Blink, Kent said, gross. I have the text. I have a snapshot of the text. I love Born. Born is great. The Born trilogy. <laughs> Did y'all family friendly wherever your mind is? No, I'm just thinking about you're sucking up to all my family and trying to win them over. All right, Shame let's hear the you. real one. All right, final just pitches. Final it's pitches. Mark and Tom, isn't it? It really is. Some men are born for greatness. Others have to earn it. Born, he said. He did. Rivers Cuomo is a walking gimmick. Oh, you totally are going to win my brother over. That refuses to fall back on gimmicks. While on the brink of death... Rivers reflects on his life and what led him to to rise to one of the biggest rockers of the 90s and to fall to his own insecurities. Watch as he attempts to be a metal rocker in his garage until he was inspired by successful artists of the grunge era. Yet, he soon realizes that permanent success is only is found only in dreams. Andrew Garfield is Rivers Cuomo in Undone. Undone, huh? Undone. Or the blue movie. We're just, we can call it the blue movie. It doesn't actually have a title. It just has a blue poster. With a W? Yeah. Ah. So this is obviously about the lead singer. This is, my little, this is my little brother's favorite band. Yeah. Like, literally, this, this is his favorite band. He suggested Blink, <laughs> which is one of his, but this is his favorite band. So I just think, like, truly, this is my honest one. And I did a whole bunch of research, which I will give you some of the details. His life is super interesting. And actually, his brain is just interesting. Cause he, How so? Well, I mean. he's been looking at it. <laughs> pictures of his brain online yeah yeah look at no, no, no. biopsy like, i i really don't know that much about his backstory i just know that he's a fantastic singer songwriter and he's a great showman yeah and he's a family guy well this is and i'll kind of go through how the movie is going to be because in 2009 he was in a car accident and his wife and kid were in the car they were fine but he had to get like pulled out by the jaws of life so i really think that's how the movie will start is he'll just be laying there and kind of like a whole Man of Steel thing, he'll be laying there and kind of reflect back on the past. So in the 70s, Rivers and his brother, his brother's name is Leaves, if you can believe that. Rivers and Leaves. You made that up. I'm not even kidding you. So they lived in a Buddhist retreat with their parents in New York. Because okay. their parents were obviously hippies. Yeah. Uh, his dad was a total drug addict, total alcoholic, left the family when he was four. Hmm. Uh, Rivers actually didn't see his dad. He said he saw his dad three times over the next 20 years. His dad was only four? So, are you Joel? I mean, are you Joel? Joel the Troll. Hey. It's not Jake the Troll in this case. So, yeah, honestly, like, as he got famous, like, his dad wasn't part of his life. Which you hear the song, uh, Say It Ain't So, which says, uh, yeah. you, 
you cleaned up, found Jesus because his dad actually became a Pentecostal preacher. Mm. Uh, so he quit everything, all the uh, habits he had and everything. And he's like, Hey son, I'm a preacher now. We're cool. Right. And you know, basically even at that point when the blue album came out, he's like, no, we're not cool. Like, I I don't like you. you. And actually it's kind of interesting because he said it wasn't until he had kids of his own. Cause he has a boy and a girl. Now rivers Cuomo does Mm. that. He actually forgave his parents. Cause he's like, Oh, I understand. Being a parent is kind of hard. He, in, it, I, it's hard, but I still. I mean, no, I, I mean, I, I forgive and forget. That's fine. But you know, I'm there just, are addictions, and he just kind of understood. Okay, people go through hard times, and Rivers Cuomo actually went through a hard time because, well, and this is kind of his. And sorry, this is going to take a while, but his progression is. Uh, so he's he's like a hard. He wanted to be a hard metal rocker, and his band's name was Avant Garde, mm-hmm. and he changed his name in high school when he played in Avant Garde because he, he thought Rivers Cuomo was the worst. It was like a hippie name. And his uh, his name was Peter Kitts. And Weezer was actually the name his dad gave him when he was a kid. Really? Yeah, he's like, Little Weezer. Why? I don't know. Was it because it's still Magnolias? Please tell me it was because it's still Magnolias. It was Magnolias. probably because it's still Magnolias. It, yeah, and this was in the early 90s. And there's there's actually a Weezer song called Heart Songs, which kind of talks about yeah. his history, his love of music. That's but on Ratitude? It's no. On, no, it's on the Red Album. It's on the Red Album. You're right. So he was basically doing the dishes with, like, his roommate, and all of a sudden they heard Nirvana's uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm -hmm. And they sat there, and they just looked at each other, and he's like, oh, my gosh, I should have written this song. Like, I could write this song. And he was, like, fascinated with Nirvana. You know, there's actually a conspiracy theory out there that says that Kurt Cobain faked his own death and joined Weezer. (laughs) Oh, really? I I just... No way. I'm not not making this up. This is not... Well, they probably made it up. I don't believe it. But it's actually a conspiracy theory that people buy into that Kurt Cobain became part of Weezer because after his death, shortly after his death, Weezer came about and da-da-da-da. Yeah. But it's just... When he said that, I was like, well, maybe there's something to the story. Yeah. And so it was kind of interesting because it was right after that, he's like, you know what? I'm a songwriter. I'm just going to start writing songs. And he wrote... My name is Jonas, like Sir Fox America and everything. Great, and then great songs. they'd go play them in clubs, and they were usually like the last ones on the bill. So at like 1 a.m., they'd be like, hey, everyone, it's Weezer. And people would be gone. There would be like four people there, and they'd play these classic songs, mm-hmm. and no one cared. That's like, funny. true story. Like, no one cared. And so it wasn't until uh, they were, yeah, like a year later after they were playing all these club gigs. So it's Buddy Holly, right? Isn't that what... What got them attention? Well, Undone was undone. the first come, big come one. Undone. Yeah, undone. but the video for Buddy Holly is what just kind of catapulted it. Yeah. And so I love that. They album. made the video for Buddy yes. Holly, and he hated it. He's like, "Whoa, whoa!" He got real scared, and this is kind of an insight into the mind of Rivers Cuomo. Mm-hmm. He got terrified because he's like, "Oh no, gimmick! We scream gimmick! Like I can't wear these glasses anymore. Or I don't want to be this guy. Let's not make an album like that." So he got scared after the the blue album and he says you know what i'm going to harvard it was right after the success i'm going to harvard to study classical music because i want to be a composer and then he basically said you know i miss the band too much we're gonna do another cd so they did pinkerton and at this time he became a psycho he was just like even though he didn't want to do a gimmick he's like i'm a rock star and i'm going to well have a lot of groupies if you know what i'm saying and he got... He, had a lot of fans show up at He shows, had a lot right? of fans. He yeah. had a lot of drugs. And he didn't care. He became a jerk. And he said, hey... Really? Rivers Cuomo? No, yeah. He said to the rest of the band, basically, guys, this is kind of my CD, you know, with Pinkerton. This is a very emotional thing. So I kind of want you guys to just, you know, be on the back of this one. But I will lead everything. And so no one really liked him. And then the CD came out, and no one really liked it. Everyone I, said, this is not the Blue Album. I will say, diehard Weezer, Weezer fans actually defend Pinkerton to the death. 
I'm not a big fan of it, though. But that's what happened. So nobody like your critics were like, yeah, what happened? And then so he's, he felt that everyone rejected him as a person, and so he quit. The band went on a five-year hiatus. They did the Green Album in 2001, and it was so poppy, and it tried to be like the Blue Album. And critics were like, hey, this isn't very good. This isn't anything like Pinkerton. Like, they were actually showing progress. And he's like, now you like the Pinkerton? What happened before? And actually, the fan base, Pinkerton is their favorite album. A lot of them, Like, yeah. the true fan base. And he, true, he actually the said... true fan base. No, it's true, because it is a deeper album than Blue Album. Blue Album is so much fun and classic. But I actually like Pinkerton more as well. This goes back to the depth conversation yeah. we had a while ago. Where it's <laughs> a like, little bit. No, it's not, it has to be a serious... It's depth. depth. Yeah. <laughs> and he's actually said in interviews, he's like, uh, I actually hate... Uh, let me give the quote here. Um... He says, it's a hideous record. It was a hugely painful mistake that happened in front of hundreds of thousands of people and continues to happen on a grander and grander scale that just won't go away. He's still saying that. It's like getting drunk at a party and spilling your guts in front of everyone and feeling incredibly great and cathartic about it and then waking up the next morning and realize what a complete fool you made of yourself. So he still doesn't like it. No. Wow. He's gone around because he stopped playing the, the album at any shows and the fans were like, sing Across the Sea, sea sing El Scorcho. And he's like, no. And then he's like, oh. This is what my fans want. Mm-hmm. And so now he's embraced the album. Okay. He still thinks it's a little silly that it went from, like, mixed reviews to love. Right. And so... But that happens in cinema all It the made time. him even more crazy because then he started studying an equation for the perfect pop song. Wow. And he... So he basically would study the... You know, and this is, like, really cheap stuff, but this is what he does. He'd get Green Day songs. Or he'd get Nirvana songs. And he'd break them down by rhythm, style lyrics and he'd be like what makes the perfect song and he still tried to do that hmm. and that's why you know like it, pork and beans kind of came about because of that equation he he doesn't actually love the song that's one of my favorites but he's like look people want a happy song the studio wants this happy song i know this song will catch because this is what i've studied he's almost like yeah. will smith in the way that he studies things and knows what will be success in in the 90s and early 2000s yeah what happened will smith when did you start losing the equation? But, yeah, no, his life is super strange. And then he went on this public vow of, cel- vow of celibacy where he said, I'm not only going to abstain from, you know, whatever. I'm going to abstain from everything, every sort of addi- addiction, and I'm going to resolve every personal relationship. So he went from, like, I'm the coolest rocker ever to I'm just a guy, whatever. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think he is fascinating. No, it sounds fascinating. Um, I do think that Rick Moranis would play an old Rivers Cuomo. <laughs> Rick Moranis. I could see yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think they've gone up and down, Weezer, especially with their fan base. I think their last CD was great. So, yeah, we'll, we'll continue to see what happens right. for Rivers Cuomo. Wow. Is, well, the, is the running time going to be longer than your pitch? <laughs> I think I just, like, doubled everything that we said previously. Yeah. I but obviously say, I'm very passionate about apparently this. Apparently you are. And, and I think for that reason it's greenlit because I wasn't terribly interested mm-hmm. when you guys were excited about talking about Weezer. Mm-hmm. But after his nap when you were talking about it? <laughs> but, I mean, I feel refreshed. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks, I guess. <laughs> No, it's an interesting story. I actually, it's a really interesting story. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Greenlit. I like awesome. it. Is that your I only... Like you got a, did you get another one greenlit, or was that your only one? No, there? that was my only one. Nice. All right, Joel, you now have 48 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pitch isn't going to be as lengthy, uh, because <laughs> I don't have a passion about this man, but I find his story very compelling. I want to do a biopic about Pete Best. Who's this? Oh, the fifth Beatle. The, he was the drummer before Ringo. Oh, so he was the actual fourth. Yeah. Well, okay. So I, when I was doing my research, I was amazed by how many incarnations of the Beatles, quote unquote, there were before the Beatles. Okay. Like they were jumping around between band names, rotating members. They didn't really have a permanent drummer until Pete Best. 
Hmm. And he was with them. Uh, they needed him for a gig in, in Hamburg. And he was with them for two years. And they were the Beatles. What years? Uh, 60 to 62. Oh, those are pretty big years for him. Well, that's like right before they made it big. Yeah. He was there when they signed the con- their first record contract with EMI. And then he was sacked, like, right after that. And they asked him, I, I watched an interview of him on David Letterman. They said, how long before, when, after you left, did they become big? And he said, probably about a month. Oh, man. So after man, a month after, sucks. So he's like, mu- this hack Ringo. Well, well, no, it wasn't, it was kind of weird because, I mean, the explanation, it's all over the place. There's a ton of different sure. theories of why he got fired. Because he got fired. He didn't leave the band. Mm. Uh, and one of the main theories is that they went in to record for their album. And the studio said, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Why can't I remember his name? Brian Epstein. Um, he was talking how they wanted to have an in-house drummer play because they said that he was a little more loose and they wanted someone with a little better timing and stuff like that for the recording. And then, you know, it doesn't matter about concerts and stuff like that because people okay. don't really pay as much attention. But for the studio, they wanted this. To which the Beatles then kind of went, well, if he's not that good, if they're bringing in someone else, let's... And so they brought in a studio drummer. And then they ended up telling him, they, they talked to uh, the, the manager and said, go ahead and fire Pete. Wow. So after, I think it was, he played a couple concerts with him. He was supposed to play another one with him. You know, he's been with him two years. They're his friends. And yeah. he, he knew Ringo. Ringo was a buddy of his. And they said, they want you out. They want Ringo in. And he was done. Wow. Jeez. And then, boom. Beatles go supernova. So here's my pitch. Well, first of all, uh, the, lead, the, the lead is going to be played by Toby Maguire. Okay. And I'll show you this picture of Pete Best so you can see Holy what I'm talking crap. about. Holy crap. Wow. If you guys look up Pete Is that I, Toby Maguire's dad? <laughs> I know. That <laughs> totally does. If you look up a young Pete Best, he looks like Toby Maguire. And I thought, oh, he's got to play him. Absolutely. The title is called Nowhere Man. Uh, okay. There was a Nowhere Boy movie about the young John Lennon. But now Nowhere Man. Yeah, Nowhere Man. Okay. He becomes a man. Sure. <laughs> but it's just because that song in particular, just he's a real Nowhere Man sitting in his Nowhere Land making all his Nowhere plans for nobody, mm-hmm. just seemed to encapsulate this kind of his best life. So here we go. Who knows what it's like to live in the shadow of one of the greatest bands of all time? Pete Best knows. After being kicked out of the Beatles just before they made it big, Best has to cope with losing his shot at being a legend and never really knowing why. His dismissal from this extraordinary band leads to some dark times, but ultimately he comes to grips with the situation and embraces his new life, the life of someone ordinary. Because I would wonder just... (laughs) Okay, anyways. Um, I wonder, though, like, what would that be like? Like, to be part of this legend yeah and yet just have it right out of reach like that has to be so frustrating and i, I read up a lot about him yeah did he did he go on to do more music or yeah, what he, did he do he did he did some bands after that but none of them really picked up he had moderate success apparently during the height of beatlemania he attempted suicide but was stopped mm-hmm. thankfully and uh then he kind of just became a civil servant like he started working you know in the private sector and stuff like that and he's been married 50 years and has two kids and two grandkids and you know his life is probably better i mean he doesn't have the money well he but quality of life better than any of the beatles for sure but i mean well i mean he has a successful relationship and and all that and apparently in 1988 after 20 years of turning down all requests to play drums in public because he did not want to talk about it Mm -hmm. because obviously it was a very painful subject he finally relented and appeared at a Beatles convention in Liverpool. And now he regularly tours the world with the Pete Best Band. And there have been, there have been some portrayals uh, of Best in film, in some, you know, TV, made for, made for TV movies and stuff like that okay. with the Beatles. But he's never been the central character. But I just wanted to watch the story of a man who almost achieved greatness and didn't and has to deal with that. 
Because hmm. actually when he got fired, yeah, it's interesting. fans were mad. Like George Harrison apparently got punched in the eye after a concert. And they were Did jammed. he? It was it David Bowie getting revenge? <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe. But it was like, it was, I think they were chanting, oh, what was it? It was like Ringo, Next best R- thing. R- Ringo Never, Best Forever. Like they were chanting that at concerts. People considered him the best looking member of the band, the most marketable member of the band. Hmm. And so he actually says it was jealousy. And they got Ringo. <laughs> yeah, they got Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's a fascinating story, and I just I, I want to know more about this guy. I feel bad for him, but at the same time, he seems like he's doing well. And I'd like to see that kind of be the message to people. It's like, you know what? Not everyone achieves greatness, and that's okay. I'm totally into it. Yeah. I will uh, see I, that movie. Greenlit? I, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I, got, I got two greenlit, and Ken got one, right? So I'm pretty I, sure you got I four. I, you well, always picked There was Joel. more than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I will see that movie. Like, I, I, I'd be stoked to see that. And I've watched interviews with him. He seems like a down-to-earth nice guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people do say that he was he, he was cocky and, and kind of uh, well, withdrawn sure and, and stuff like that. Like, he was withdrawn during the time of the Beatles. Like, yeah. he wouldn't hang out with the other guys. Apparently, he got along great with John Lennon, but not with uh, Ringo or Paul at all. Hmm. Uh, it, it's just, it's an interesting story. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well... Another greenlit. Good, good, yeah. Good job, guys. Honestly, I mean, Jake. I mean, those were some good pitches. All right, Jake, you have forty-eight seconds. (laughs) Although I feel like we should fight more. Should we fight more, real quick? You're an idiot. Uh, All right, we're we're gonna do a little something else. Here's here's the plot twist for you guys, and we're not gonna take too long doing it because we can't because we can't. Uh, But I'll go ahead and end on this note. Uh, Instead of me giving any pitches, what I'm gonna do is give you a name, and you guys are gonna create one right now. Wow. That's that's the thing, and I've got two you different. Feels no like a cop out, Jake. Yeah, <laughs> you have no idea how much mental effort went into these pitches okay. already. Let's do it. Will Smith. I can give you some facts. I have read up on him, so I can get you started if you if you. Well, need. I think Jaden Smith has to play him. No, Will Smith can still play Will Smith. <laughs> needs to be Jaden yes. Smith. Is he, <laughs> he really could, couldn't he? Yeah. All right. Um, give me just two seconds to look up songs by Will Smith, so you can do puns. Yes. <laughs> Well, I mean, my pitch for the movie Will Smith would essentially be... Would it be called Willennium? Ooh. Because, you know, that's... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would like to call it just The Fresh Prince. Because yeah. Because that's how I knew him as the rapper initially. And I would like to see that that how he made that leap. How he successfully made that leap from comical rapper to action superstar. Because that's a difficult leap to make between genres. Yeah. And so I think the pitch would just be... Him trying to make it in Hollywood, getting turned down, and then finally figuring out the secret to success, and then just rising to the top in the 90s. Here's an interesting thing I did read. Uh, in the 90s. Is he, like, all, all the money he made in, because he got nominated or maybe won a Grammy in 1988. I can't remember what it was. Um, but that's when he had a bunch of success as a rapper, as Fresh Prince. But he overspent everything. And oh, so, did. yeah, uh, IRS came and found him and took back like $2.8 million. Back, they took back DJ Jazzy Jeff, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. They just took him. He's still in jail now. We're repossessing him. <laughs> anyway, so they, they, they destituted him, basically. And that's when he got the pitch for Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh-huh. The, the show is when he was broke. So he he made that much money before Fresh Prince. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. I actually think we will see a Will Smith movie in the future. So what you're saying it'll be is, a ways off. What you're saying is though is that his life got flipped turned upside down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's, no. Let's I it. yeah. Pretty much the same. I mean, it's the story of Will Smith. I think there would have to be some sort of friction between Iron he, Will. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Between he and Jeff. Otherwise known as Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> the best of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Because what really happened, I mean, he was singing with Jazzy Jeff, and their parents just don't understand and all that sort of thing. So he did take off. And then he was on Fresh Prince. Jazzy Jeff showed up for a little bit. And then that's it. Yeah. 
you know, besides a few cameos in his life, he just went on his own way and became a superstar, whereas Jazzy Jeff is now in prison for IRS fraud. I'm just making this up. Um, and he's getting jiggy with it with some, you know, some inmates. <laughs> there you go. So, but, no, I actually think we will see a Will Smith movie. It's just, you Starting know, it's a matter of 30 years, 40 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, I think, 45, 46 or something right now. Yeah. yeah. We'll come to Miami. No, that sounds like a German movie. <laughs> we'll come to Miami. We'll come. <laughs> Will Smith. It has a deal. <laughs> All right. All right, Joel, anything else to add? Nope. No? All right. All right, well, uh, thank you. I think you. Uh, Steve Buscemi could play Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice way to end up. Uh, okay, so... Uh, thank you for listening, listener. Indeed, indeed. And good job, guys. That was actually yeah. pretty fun. I was hey, Jake. I was nervous, honestly. So <laughs> now you, you, guys, you guys did good. You guys did Even good. through blind ambition, you made yes. it through that? Okay. Yeah. But you can find me at, at 786Joel on Twitter. I, you can also find me at uh, QuickWits at the Midville Performing Arts Center. They perform... Every Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Nice. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at Kenny3DD. Um, and also ShowtimeShowdown.com is my movie website. And you can find me if for some reason you wanted to do that, which I can't imagine. But uh, Lead singer at, of the Spin Doctors wants to. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> at Jacob A. Rogers. And thank you for listening. And this has been Bacon Sale. I'm going to start this off on the wrong foot. Oh, no. Just from reading WebMD, I have cancer. Oh. What a waste of time. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> Basically, with Bacon Cell, I'm trying to win the affection of Joel's brothers. <laughs> hey, I think the kid's blind. So, I feel like we're crossing a line here. Ebony and Ivory. It's a caution. It's a cautionary tale All right. to always keep your identical twins locked up. One day, people will be singing my songs in karaoke bars around the world. I don't know. The puns I ain't doing you any good, done. <laughs> puns ain't good for done. Is this gonna be on the History Channel or something? A, a Mexican girl with a mustache could play Prince. Yeah. A little bit of Jacob at the end of this <laughs> podcast. It better be good. Dance, magic, <laughs> dance, magic, dance. What you're saying is, though, is that his life got flipped, turned upside down. over.